Hey, thanks for joining us here on The House Podcast. We hope that you are encouraged by this message. If you want to learn more about The House, check out our website at welcometothehouse.com or download The House app. Come on, come on, come on. You know what let's just come on let's just just right there in your seat listen I, I'm so glad that you're here you know each time that you come to church here is my hope my hope is that the Spirit of God begins to stir something in you and I know in order to do that we all have a different experience we all are coming from different places I mean we could have had a, just an incredible argument like five minutes before we got here two days ago and 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 I just when I just want to like now that the lights are up there's no cool factor I just want to like set the atmosphere for you to receive something and you know what come on any parents in the room is it hard for your kids to um, receive something that you think they already know Clean your room. I know. Hey, could you put your cereal bowl in the dishwasher? Sure. I do that all the time. You know what I'm saying? And so, come on, we're just gonna just sing that. You are my champion. Come on, all over this place. Giants for when you stand. Every battle you won. I am Thank who you, you Father. Holy Spirit, we ask that you move in this place. Crown me with confidence. I am seated in the heavenly place. I defeated with the one who has conquered it all. Father, right now we ask for your anointing to be in this place. Father, we didn't come for just a service or to gather or to be seen. We didn't even come because it was tradition. God, we're asking you to stir up the hard places. Touch them. Father, I pray that our our prides would melt like wax before you. That ultimately our perspective would change. That hope would arise. And that our confidence, God, would be placed in you. Lord, we thank you for all that you're going to do in advance. In Jesus' name. Come on, everybody said amen. Y'all give the Lord a hand clap. Come on, we clap for a lot of things. Give the Lord a hand clap. Well, welcome. We are so glad that you're here. My name is Stephen. I'm the pastor uh, here. And last week, uh, Devin, uh, our uh, youth minister... Threw, he threw it down. If y'all were here, he threw it down. Y'all can give him some love. It's okay. Y'all don't have to worry about pride because we work hard every day. So, uh, but but when, when he does good, he does good. And he talked about uh, working in the weight. Working in the weight. And we're so excited that God has just developing leaders, growing people. And uh, we were able to... Uh, me and my wife were able to take seven days off, seven days. So we celebrate 20 years in March. And we, uh, come on. You're... And see, if I'd have said we've been married one year, y'all would have been like, <laughs> no. come on now. And so anyway, we're 20 years and uh, we've never taken seven days uh, to, to be alone. And so it was, I'm, it was difficult. It wasn't difficult to be. It wasn't difficult to be together. But we set some parameters. We were like, we're not going to talk about church. We're not going to talk about the kids. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, we're not going to talk about what we need to fix at our house. We're going to talk about us. And so it was like silent for a little while. <laughs> but we, but you know we had to work on this. And and and, and here's what I've come to learn is that I don't know if you can win if your philosophy is casual. I don't, I, only when you're like under 12 do you get outside and start running and you're like, I'm the fastest in the world. Because eventually, you know, there's this old saying that says, uh, um, 
uh, effort beats talent when talent won't work. You know what I'm saying? Like, like it's this idea. You may be gifted, but if you're not intentional, and uh, so it was good for us to kind of just be away, be intentional, uh, spend some time with each other. I got a lot that I want to say. This is what happens when I get, so when I get a Sunday off, you don't get a Sunday off. I'm just going to preach two sermons at one time. Okay, and so I just feel like I, I just got to give you both Sundays. No, seriously, we're in this new series called uh, It's a New Season. And I really believe that this is prophetic for our church. Like, I don't care where you were. I believe we're talking about where we're going. And I believe that there are new friendships. There are new seasons. God's wanting to do some new things in your life. And uh, I want to jump right into it. John chapter 14, verse 1 through 3 says this. Let not your heart be troubled. Everybody say troubled. Some trouble is like we're experiencing hardship. But some trouble is like I'm thinking about so many things and all of my friends and all my coworkers and everybody who is in my life. Like, like if you're not careful, your heart is a sponge. Your soul is a sponge. And all of the trouble that's around you, 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 you can take that on. Come on, does anybody know what I'm talking about? And, and, and then all of a sudden, you're like breathing heavy. You got some anxiety. You got some nervousness. And people are like, what's wrong? And you're like, well, nothing really for me. It's just every one of my other people that I love are jacked up. And I've kind of taken on all of their stuff. And so I really believe that Jesus was reminding us, like, don't let your heart be troubled. When you begin to get weighed down, when you begin to get heavy, you're going to experience painful times. You're going to experience hardships. But when it begins to not leave you, come on, does anyone know what I'm talking about? It begins to linger a little bit. Then you've got to address that and you've got to know, listen, I, I am troubled right now. I'm carrying something different than the mission God has on my life. I'm carrying anxiety, I'm carrying a problem, I'm carrying a conversation, I'm carrying this argument, I'm carrying something, I've been overlooked by my boss, and I'm carrying this. And here's what I want you to know, is the more you carry, the meaner you get. Come on, help me. The more you carry, the more fresh, the easier you fuse is, and so that's why Jesus said, don't let your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe in God. Also, believe in me. In my Father's house, there are many rooms. Many rooms. In other words, like, here's what you need to know. I was sent, Jesus, not me. I, I am sent to describe to you there is something you haven't seen. I've prepared a place for you. There are rooms for you where you are digesting this idea, nobody sees me, nobody cares about me, nobody's thinking about me. I actually need you to change your perspective because in heaven, we are making room, come on somebody, for you, and this apartment has your name on it. This house is dedicated to you, and if that wasn't happening, then I would have told you. I wouldn't say I'm going to prepare a place for you that there's no place. And, he, and here's the, 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 ki the kicker to this whole idea. It's not that he's just going to create a place for you, but he's going to come again and he's going to take you there. Can I tell you that this world and your current struggle and your current issues are not the most real thing in life. Sure, sure, they're real right now, and they're heavy right now, and you're like, my, my, listen, my electric bill is real. <laughs> but the truth is, when Jesus came on the scene, he was trying to shift something. And that's why so many people love to be around Jesus. Have you thought about it? It wasn't that Jesus was just sappy, just like, you know what I'm saying, like the nicest individual you've ever met. There's a lot of purpose with Jesus. There was a lot of conviction with Jesus. There was a lot of truth. But he was giving a perspective of what was different. Luke chapter 15, verse 7. Look at this. Just, just so you know, I tell you this, that there is more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents 
than an over 99 righteous people who don't feel like they don't need repentance anymore. Come on, what is that? I don't know about you, but does that challenge you? Because I would hate to be one of the 99 that feel like I've already received everything that I need from Jesus and I'm just here because of tradition. Come on, somebody. I'm just here because I grew up in church. I'm just here because I need to learn some moral lessons. No, 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 no. You will need to repent and move pride out and move stuff out of your life for the rest of your life because there is this idea that a true relationship with God never operates where you don't need him. Come on. Church, this verse gives us insight to, to the God's kingdom and his culture. And it's different than what we navigate like every single day. In both of these verses, Jesus is depositing. Look, he's laying down some truth. And here's what he's saying. He's wanting to change perspective, build hope, and build confidence. And that's why people are like, what? I want, I want you to change your perspective. I want to renew your hope. And I want to build your confidence. Okay? In our world, it seems like every perspective is challenged. Hope is hidden. And it's overcome by hate or hurt. Confidence? We try to build confidence on things that shift. But you know what happens? It leaves people skeptical. I put my confidence in this job and they went under. I put my confidence in this friendship and then they moved. And I don't know why. We don't talk. We had an argument. We had this. We had a difference of opinion. And before you know it, you're like, I put my confidence in the marriage. I put my confidence in being a mom. I put my confidence in. And all of that, listen, is shifting sand. Today, I want to remind you that the life of Jesus offers still works. Like, Jesus came to give us life. And the whole idea of salvation is that you were dead and he, he came and brought life. Come on, listen, to your life. And that life should change every part of your life. You don't have to live under a mentality of frustration. You don't have to live consumed by the past hardships that you've experienced. There is freedom from a cycle of losing. Come on. I'm not saying that your life will be painless. I am saying that if you change your perspective, if you renew your hope, and if you build your confidence, you can overcome, come on, listen, any adversity... And you can move the chains in your life. That's my assignment today. My assignment as I was praying for us is to move the chains. Move the chains. And so here's the thing. It, we, we, when we talk about this new season, I, I wanted to relate this to football. Because I realized that every football team in America is in the zone. Like they are preparing for the new season. The pundits want to talk about last season. But the coaches want to talk about this. Come on. You know, whenever you try to make a spiritual step in your life, the enemy will always take you back to your failure. But God is saying, I have new things for you. My, my graces are new. Come on. Like I, I, got, I got new mercies for you. This is what it was. We can't deny it. You missed the block. <laughs> you got pancaked. You got run slap over. We need to acknowledge that. But I need to talk about where we're going. Come on. The goal of every team is to win. The goal of every team is to, come on, say, win. I don't know where the church got. Well, I don't know. We, we don't win. And if it's God's will, we, we win. I don't know. We, we, I, do we win? Do we not win? Devil. God. Revelations. He wins. Devil doesn't win. I, Sickness doesn't win. Uh, open heaven. Doesn't win. So, uh, the, 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 
the sin nature of mankind doesn't win. God so loved the world. Like, like where do we get a losing God? I, I'm for a surrendering gospel. I'm for, listen, giving up things and saying yes to God because the Bible says that if you give it, more will be given. I, I'm for all that, but I'm not for a losing church, a losing body, and people that feel like they can't win. Like, that is not right. Come on. I don't know about you, but I love it when they're like on the 10 or 20 yard line and they throw, you know, Dak goes back and he, because the Dallas Cowboys, I'm not saying they're God's team, but wise men follow the star. All right. So, 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 so I'm just saying like Dak goes back, little shimmy shake, boom. You know what I'm saying? Those are awesome. Those get on the highlights. You know what I'm saying? Little connection to CD. That's what I'm talking about. The runs. Come on. Y'all remember? I remember the 90s. And in the, in the 90s, listen, listen, I'm like, like I tell my kids my, these stories and they're like, Dad, but that's not the cowboys we see today. Son, have faith. But, but in the 90s, when, when, listen, in the last two minutes, you knew the game ain't over. Come on, where are my Cowboys fans? You, you knew a game was, all we got to do is give it to Emmett. Give it to Emmett. Mike, Michael Irving, you know, we had the quarterback. You know, Aikman, it was ugly, but we got there. And here's the problem is I think that sometimes our strategy for winning is incredible moments but I don't know any coach that makes that their strategy does that make sense like you, we're gonna run the play we're gonna do defense we're gonna block we're gonna make holes we're gonna do we're gonna run routes but the goal if we're going to be in position to win is we got to move the chains and on the sidelines the chains are these two sticks that are orange and they're, they, they're separated by 10 yards. And that chain helps the quarterback and the line know how far we need to get a first down. And I am telling you that if we become a body that moves the chains, winning's going to go up. Winning's going to start going up. Teams that move the chains have produced expectation. Everybody say expectation. They believe good things are going to happen. And here's the thing. Teams that do not move the chains, teams that have been under a losing mentality for a while, they have uncertainty. And I just want to talk to you real quick. When you woke up and walked to the, to the, to, to the church today, when you walked through the double doors, did you come with an expectation or uncertainty? I know there may be a reason why you have uncertainty. The last church that I was in, the last pastor did this, the last person, my last life group person. I know why there's uncertainty, but here's what I'm telling you. Teams that always have uncertainty don't win. And I need you to journal it. I need you to pray about it. I need you to find verses on it. And I need you to take captive your thoughts because I fully believe that the church isn't seeing the move of God because we come to attend, but there is no expectation. You need to believe that on every Sunday, your spouse is going to hear a word that's going to change your whole marriage. Your teenager is going to get five seconds of something I said or something one of our uh, leaders say. And all of a sudden, they're going to walk out and the attitude is going to shift in the home and you're not even going to know when it happened because the Spirit of God did it. 
You need to believe that when we have worship, and we're not just singing, like, like this ain't karaoke Jesus up here where we just follow the lines. The reality, come on, is, is that we believe our team practices on Thursday. They pray before service even starts. They call your situation out that they don't even know behind, way before. Worship started way before the first note was sung. Come on, does that make sense? And you need to know in that second song, I don't know why that hits you the way it did, but all of a sudden, tears are running down your, 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 your cheek. All of a sudden, you feel like God's like singing this over you, and you don't feel like lost or abandoned. You feel like you're right in his arms. And I need you to come to church with some expectation. When we follow the coach's game plan, we have the potential to win. Winning teams look different. I'm going to use Patrick Holmes. And I know some of you like other teams. But this dude started looking different when he won. Come on. All of a sudden, kids are getting perms. saying anything I didn't mean that I wasn't coming for you because why because winning is contagious does that mean there's something about winning like 10 years ago nobody knew what, who the warriors were now everybody's got like scripture verses on their shoe and <laughs> me like Steph there's something about winning come on listen that is contagious. Winners look different. They act different. They walk different. And what if we got to heaven and the biggest lie and the biggest scheme was that there was this open heaven and God wanted to do exceedingly immeasurably more than what you could ask, think, or imagine, but you believed really small. When I think about winning, I just need you to know, because we have a, some people coming in and, and, and checking out our church, want, believing that God is doing something different, and we love that you're here, but here's what I want you to know. Our culture is going to be different. At the house, this is a place where you can build a life, and we are going to have a culture of winning. That does not mean that people will not hurt. That doesn't mean that they will not go through hardship, and that does not mean that we will not mourn with those who mourn. So hear me. You hear what I'm saying? When I think about moving the chains, we, I could come up with many stories, but let me tell you about the Lockards. This couple got married six months ago. Nick was playing over here, and he started on our launch team six years ago. The church was six years old. Started, did, really just said, I believe God's called me to come and, and, and help you. And I'll do whatever you want. So he, he led worship. He, 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 he helped us organize, helped us really start producing a presence of, of God as far as in our worship. But Nick had struggles. He had thing, areas that got, he, he was overcoming. Come on, just like all of us. And, um, but, but, but out of that, here's the deal. We just saw him keep moving the chains. Like God would, like, 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 sure. And you know what, with the chains, it's very discouraging when, you know, the quarterback does a little shimmy shake and gets sacked. And I'm, and sometimes you, you got like a, an extra four or five yards even to get. And I'm, I'm telling you that you will be sacked in your life. <laughs> you pancaked. But here's what I saw. I saw this tenacity in Nick and just. Two steps forward, one step back, two step forward, one step back, two step forward. And he kept moving the chains in his life. And, and, and he has grown into this really great man of integrity. Then here comes Symphony. And she had her own struggles. And I remember when she first came, her mom was coming. And uh, she would come occasionally, like one or two times a year. And she would sit on the last aisle. You know what I mean? And, and, and listen, I, I get that season, so I'm not making fun. Well, like, like some of you, if we sat down and heard all that was going on in your life, like, like our heart would break for what you've gone through. So I'm, I'm, not, I'm not slamming that, but it was just awesome to see month after month 
she would move from the back row to the, on the side, up two steps, up two seats, up two seats. Finally, I look over there about a year later, she's in the middle. She's gone through our freedom class. She's serving, she's doing, and all of a sudden, she gets used to, come on, moving the chains in her life, and then here's what happens. They find each other. Listen, listen to what I'm saying. Listen, listen. Here's the point. I'm not saying that if you come here and get involved, you'll get married. But I, I, <laughs> but I pray that. Don't mess with me. Listen, I'm praying that. Listen, we're going to grow through evangelism or seed, baby. Listen, okay, sorry. I'm moving through. I'm moving through. My bad. My bad. We didn't create that kid wing for nobody. <laughs> I'm, saying, I'm saying right here. Here's the thing. This is what I'm trying to say. Uh, it, next week, we're going to be really professional. I'm just going to say that. Uh, this week, we're just kind of winging it. Uh, here's the thing. Is I believe that if I were to sit down and talk to each one of you, you would tell me the story of little by little. Do you know in the Old Testament, God was going to give Israel the land of Canaan, but he said, I'm going to give it to you little by little. And I just, I think we've had a, a culture where we expected incredible moments with God, but we started to negate moving the chains and the discipline and the intentionality. Come on. And I need you to know that it is time in this new season for you not to be casual with your faith, but for you to be intentional. When we follow God's game plan, expectations rise and winning becomes contagious. We want to have a culture of winning here. That does not mean that when you start coming, you may not be winning. But I want you to know this. Every man in this church, we are going to be a man church. We are expecting you, if you say yes to Jesus, to not let your wife do all the talking for you. We expect for you to learn how to bench the bar. And we know that if you will do that, you will actually empower her voice. Because my wife communicates, my wife speaks. We have women leaders all around this place. So don't send me no message because you don't know me. But I am telling you that because the expectation has been so low, and I am telling you the kingdom doesn't advance with low expectation. There is something called for you to do. There is a leader in you. There is a lion up inside this. And you got to get healed. You got to get formed. You got to get discipled so that we can move forward because you got things to do. Do you hear what I'm saying? And, and listen, if, if you do that, it will not just affect you. It will affect you, your family, your wife, your kids. It will affect everybody. We're going to win. We're going to win with those who come in for the first time. And we're going to take it slow. We're not expecting everybody to get where we are in one day. We're going to win with people who don't know Jesus. We're going to figure out how to communicate it where there's a little bit of compassion and a little bit of empathy. We want to train people to move the chains. And I just want you to know, uh, there, in every church, there is a different mantle. In our church, we believe that we are here to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. And so there is going to be more that we do, and we are going to ask of you. Because we believe that that starts the process of leadership and transformation in your life. This type of transformation, listen, doesn't just happen on Sundays. It's a lifestyle. Matthew chapter 5, verse 16 says this. In the same way, let your light shine before others. Let whose light? Come on, say it. Some of y'all like, I didn't know that this was a talking church. Look at it. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that 
they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Before it becomes their father, they got to see your father making an impact in, come on, y'all not hearing me. If we want to see revival happen, it's got to happen in you and through you to other people because they're going to ask what made the difference. And you can say, my daddy. Who's daddy? My daddy. My, my father. Father God who sent Jesus. Oh, and all of a sudden. Perspective changes, hope is renewed, and confidence is built. Come on, does this make sense? I want to give you four ways to gain yardage in your spiritual life. Four ways. I'm going to be quick. Probably not that quick. Okay? The first one is this. Four Four ways to gain yardage in your spiritual life. The first one is this. Passion instead of apathy. When Jesus spoke about the Father's plan of redemption and purpose, all of his disciples were not sad, scared, or stressed out. Why? Because Jesus carried the culture of heaven, the culture of the kingdom. He was like his Father. His Father wanted to give them purpose, not heaviness. Those who were around Jesus burned with passion. They wanted to know more and encounter more. They asked questions. Jesus would be surrounded by the sick, demon-possessed, prideful, and the uneducated. And when they had a moment with Jesus, they would leave healed, hopeful, and hungry for more of God. The life Jesus represented was contagious. Jesus connected with people's soul. He captured their attention and he spoke with compassion and conviction. Many who walked with Jesus were compelled to open their heart and their mind because his love was like nothing they had ever experienced and his truth was transformational. The disciples were learning how to win because they were with Jesus. Come on, somebody. And I need you to know that you are not alone. We've been given the Holy Spirit to coach us up. When we are in the presence of God, that is when our, our, our perspective begins to change. Hope is renewed. And our confidence becomes stable. Time with Jesus. Passion for Jesus. The disciples had passion, not apathy. Oh, you want to go? I don't want to go. You want to go? Oh, Jesus wants us to walk again. Walk again? We just walked. Hey, where are we staying? Oh, we're going to put up tents. Going to put up tents? What are we eating? I don't know. This boy has a lunch. We're going to do that. What? Huh. Huh. And I'm like, Could it be that the casualness of your faith is actually hindering your winning? Come on, you hear what I'm saying? Passion. We got the church has got to have passion to surrender. Right now, we don't want anybody asking us anything. We, want, we need our space. We need our safe space. If, if people ask us three more more than three questions at one time, it's like <laughs> anxiety. Like, there's no passion to be like, I'm going to make room for God in my life. Come on, passion to commit. And not commit until you get your feelings hurt. But come on, make a commitment that lasts a long time so that you can see the chains move in your life. Come on, passions to go. There are going to be some people in our church that as they heal and they develop, they're going to the mission field. They're going to be on staff. They're going to be in the mission field. They're they're going to be a pastor. They're going to be a leader. They're going to start a business. They're going to do Bible studies when their business grows. I don't know how God's going to do it in you, but if you can sit for a long time and you've never asked that question, 
then here is my concern. You may not have the relationship you think you have, and you may have settled for religion calling it relationship. Come on. For us. This is why we stand in worship. This is why we lift our hands and sing. This is why we kneel. This is why we have moments. This is why we pray for one another. You can't make winning contagious if there's no passion. Come on. When you watch football, you already know the teams are going to win. They're hype. They're in the ring. You're like, yeah. You don't see nobody going on the field. It's going to be a good game. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just an introvert. And this is just how I, pro- this is just how I get ready for the game. I don't care what personality you are. You people screaming? They got their face painted. They're like flexing. Like, when's the last time you've been at church? Like, what I'm talking about? <laughs> Stephen Hill, that worshiper. <laughs> I'm not saying you need to do that all the time because that'd be weird. <laughs> but they're, they're, the expectation is very professional. We're professional Christians. Come on, listen. I'm asking you to ignite your passion for God again. Without passion, old cycles stay in control. Without passion, you never step out of your comfort zone and meet somebody new. Without passion, you won't invite anybody to church because you're not thinking about heaven. You're thinking about yourself. Come on, without passion, there is no mission. And listen, we cannot be a strong church if we have no mission. The Bible says that if we have no vision, we're going to perish. I need some people that realize, hey, people are going to hell. People can go to heaven. God can use me and I got to get healed so I can help. Y'all should have clapped for that. Come on. Here's the second thing. Talking about gaining yardage. The second thing that we're going to have to do if we're going to win is we've got to experience friendship, not just formality. God wants relationship, not religion. Our heart here is not legalism. It's transformation. That is a change of perspective. That is renewed hope. That is confidence in the Lord. Legalism says if you do what's right, you can work yourself into salvation. We don't believe that. We believe that for God so loved the world that he gave his only son as a sacrifice so that we could be free. Come on, somebody. Now, we do work. When we say yes to Jesus, we remove old worldviews. We want to wash our hearts clean. We want to remove idols and things that we've built that we didn't even know about. So that we can move the chains. God is into relationship. Come on, listen. Not formality. Formality. Form isn't going to hug you. Form is going to leave a distance between you and God. And when you start praying, you're going to feel like nobody's in the room. But friendship and relationship. Like God, all God wanted was a family. And God sent Jesus so that you could be a part of this kingdom. And here's what I want you to know. When you begin to connect with God, it changes your physical friendships. Your own personal friendships will become better when you, come on, connect with the Father because God is love. Come on, God is not stress. God is not flesh. God is not lust. God is not, God is love. Come on, somebody. And when we make time and make space to allow love in it and we're coming to God, we're talking about the problems, the issues, the hurdles, the hangups, the people. It's not form. It's relationship. 
And we don't want to be a church that's just about formality. You know what? We, 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 we come in, we sit down, we open our Bible, we leave, we, and we're the first one out the door. I'm asking you to stay for five minutes in the lobby. I'm asking you because you connect with God and the love of God is in you. Somebody needs that in the lobby. Don't leave without seeing someone. In fact, be the friend that you wish someone was to you. A commitment to God means we connect with him. Matthew chapter 21 verse 13 says, For it is written, my house shall be a house of prayer, not a den of robbers. We're not trying to rob life. We're not trying to steal. We're not trying to manipulate. We're not trying to do all of these things to, to move some emotionalism. But that doesn't mean that God's not have moments of emotion. And we got to teach people how to pray. Because here's the deal. If you're not actively praying, then you actively need someone to tell all your problems to. And God knew you would need it because God knew you would be, feel the pressures of this world. And God knew that you would have anxiety. That's why he sent you the Holy Spirit to partner with you so that you could have relationship with him every day. Come on, is this good? We're not praying because it's spiritual homework. We're praying because our soul needs watering. Because the places that we live, this culture, this city, the city, where we're at is hard and dry. And people are hurting. And their hurt gets on us. Come on. Take the time. Go on the walk. Open your Bible. Start to pray. Humility. When humility happens, it changes all of our friendships. Go up and meet someone. Stop looking for your next best friend and be a friend to somebody else. Invite someone. Move the chains. Come on, somebody. Move the chains. I'm come to church three times and I expected this awesome Hail Mary best friend. We're going to be friends forever. Let's get a tattoo. What? Move the chains. Little by little. I'm going to go to a life group. I'm going to invite this person. I've invited three people. Two of them were busy. They didn't reject you. They have a calendar. It may take two or three weeks. Get on someone's calendar. Go get a coffee. Share your story. Let them share their story. Y'all begin to help each other. Change perspective. Build hope. Come on. Get some confidence. Here's the third thing. We're talking about moving, moving, moving the chains. That's my heart for you is that you would move the chains. The third is this. If we're going to move the chains and we're going to make winning contagious as a body of Christ, we're going to have to have extreme generosity over serving self. Like we're going to have to become even greater givers. I want you to look at this video real quick. Hey, Pastor Stephen and House, hey, Pastor Stephen and House Church, everybody. Uh, I'm back at, uh, in Honduras at the Nueva Esperanza Care Point. Uh, a lot of the kids are out. They've got a big festival in town today, but we just brought a, a film crew in to get some stories. So we're actually kind of grateful. There's not a whole ton of kids here. It makes a lot of noise in the background of a, of a story. We're going to shoot some stories. Uh, but I just came in here, and I don't know if you remember last time we were here what this looked like, but they were digging this trench for water. The city come in and doing all this stuff and had it all torn up. But it's all cleaned up now. This is where your playground, let's see if we get my aim right, it's where the playground's going to go. We're working on getting some more security along the fence here on that side. And then also here at the front of the care point, making sure we get this all cleaned up so we've got good security because that playground is really, really nice. And uh, we don't want to have it get torn up because uh, we didn't have it secured well. So we're taking care of that, taking care of business there. And this spot is just looking great. And so I just want to say thank you to you guys again. You guys are awesome. And I'm getting, congratulations on getting in your new spot and your big anniversary you just celebrated. You guys got great pastors, great leaders. And I just want to say thank you for your generosity towards this side, helping Honduras while you're helping Northwest Arkansas make it to heaven. Make it hard for people to go to hell from Honduras and from Northwest Arkansas and wherever else you guys are serving. Thank you so much. Honored to be a part of things with you guys. God bless.
generosity allows us to create places and moments where people get to say yes to Jesus and know the Father. Because we're able to turn money into ministry. Listen, you don't give to the church, you give through the church. You're not giving to the house, we're giving through the house. Since we've been here, because of your generosity, we've been able to move into this new location and already we've done over 10 outreaches in this location in less than a year. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand clap. Church, every place where the gospel is preached, the seeds of a changed perspective, hope, and confidence happens. When you give, God is multiplying it. And because we all do a little, we're able, come on, listen, to do a lot. And, and I don't know about you, but that's an incredible return on investment. And I just need you to know that in, when you open the Bible, you see giving from the very beginning to the very end. God gave us life. God gave Jesus so that we would be saved. God is sending Jesus to come again, to take all of us. He has rooms prepared for us. The disciples gave their life. Like everywhere you look, giving is in the DNA of a Christian. And so I want to challenge you. If we're going to see incredible winning, then I need, I need you to start giving. I need you to give your time, your talent, your treasure. I need you to begin to, to, to come on, listen. So there's giving, absolutely, when we tithe. Maybe you've never tithed before. Tithe is 10% of what you make. Maybe you can't do that. And that's not, that's not, that would be a Hail Mary right now. But can you do 2%? How can you get consistent in your giving where your giving is not emotional, but it's intentional? Okay, so here's the next part. There are some of you that you have learned the concept of tithing and you know that it works. Come on, how many of you would say that? Raise your hand, come on. You've seen it happen in your life. Okay, here is what I'm challenging you. If you now give and it is just a repetitive thing that you do, then I am asking you every now and then to give an offering. Right now, we have four projects. We have a legacy team. If you want to know more about that, you can check with our connect room, in our connect room. But we have, we have a legacy team that is helping do more than the tithe and advance these projects that are helping, listen, us see God move. In this church, as long as I'm the, I don't know if I'll be the pastor for the rest of my life. I'm not saying that I'm quitting tomorrow. I'm just saying I, I know that at 70 and 80, stop, you, you're not ready? <laughs> you're like, go, go on and quit. I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> this dude. Uh, but, but as long as I'm the pastor, I, I mean, I really feel like God has spoken to my heart. And we're going to plant 17 missionaries out of this church. Over the next 20 years, we're at 17. Now, that doesn't mean you can come up to me and say, I'm ready to be a missionary. You've got to have our culture. We've got to be trained. We've got to teach leadership. I don't want you on the mission field for three months and be divorced and hate God. No, we're, we're, going, we're going to get you there. Does that make sense? But I really believe that 17 missionaries, we've already sent one, 17. It's my, I believe that there are going to be seven different house campuses. Oh, dang it. I knew it. I knew this was a Mick church. I knew it. Just put, take out the house and put McDonald's up there. I knew it. Here, here's what I want to tell you. We're going to try to do this as authentically as we can, but here is why we start new churches. is because our goal is to hold the ladder as you climb up, and I am fully convinced that there are gifts in this house that if we did not make room for more leadership, we would not be making room for you. Does that make sense? It's awesome that Katie and I have been able to tell our story. But what would happen if you began to tell it? And we are going to have different locations in different places where we train more people and we are going to win, come on, in more areas. And I'm just telling you that when you give, you are advancing the kingdom. Here's my last one. I've got two minutes left. My last one as we end today, we're talking about moving yardage. 
is this. We're going to have to be a church that spreads joy rather than infectious pride. Pride will destroy a movement of God in your life. Pride will destroy. Pride is what kicked the enemy. Come on, Satan out of God's presence. Pride is never promoted. Come on, the mood of the Christian is life. We we carry life. We are life giving people, and we are a life giving church. Why are we life-giving? Because the Spirit of God, come on, listen, is moving through us. We want you to meet the Lord. We want you to know God. We want you to begin to, to accept forgiveness from all your past. We want you to live free, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Like we want to see God do in your life. So that the victory increases and the moods decrease. That you don't find happiness because all of your problems are solved but you find joy because if my God is for me who or what can be come on listen against me joy some of you need to get your laugh back we're not going to be a church that it looks like Halloween every Sunday bless God I'm a mature believer. Pastor, there's nothing to smile about. Life is hard. You're looking like death. Come on, like the joy of the Lord is your strength. Baby, get strong. Get strong. Get strong. And you don't know this, but it takes more muscles to frown than it does to smile. You know, get strong. And let the joy of the Lord come out. Stop, stop holding back joy based on how you feel. And give joy because of what you've been given. Come on. We all have been infected by pride. And we've got to be healed. Pride tries to hide. It builds walls. It runs away from courageous conversations. It hardens its heart. It's the teammate that refuses to listen to the coach. Come on, listen, listen, listen. I'm just telling you because next Sunday we start. I don't know who's coming, but we're rolling. And we've been doing staff meetings as a body. But gossip, we're praying you out. Critical spirits, we're praying you out. Now that doesn't mean that we, listen, we want to make it better. And if you have an experience and you feel like we need to talk about it, we want to always do better. If you come in honor, we will pray over it and we'll make some decisions. But we don't have time for division. Division can't stay. For us to be a contagious church, come on, joy has got to fill the house. Joy has got to fill the house. Joy has got to fill the house. Come on, church. My heart is that you move the chains. And so I have one question for you today. And our team is going to come and and they're, they're going to lead us in a little bit of worship. And here is my one question. For you to reflect you can take out your phones you can take a picture of it if you want but here here it is how many touchdowns can we make if we commit to move the chains in our spiritual life how many touchdowns can we make if we will commit to move the chains in our spiritual life Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear how this message impacted you. Feel free to let us know on the Contact Us tab of the house website. We hope you have a great week.